Lately, I have been missing irony. I wanted to write an article in which I talked to a bunch of professors about if irony would ever come back, but none of them answered my emails. Features director Leah Finnegan. This, however, gave me confidence that irony is not dead and that I could write this article by myself with mostly my own thoughts. Thus, I will explain here why we need irony, but first I will briefly discuss some recent cultural trends generally and present a nascent cultural theory of my own. All right, Leah. So what is it about irony that you actually enjoy? I like to laugh. I like to (laughs) see how things are ridiculous, and I don't want to be depressed all the time, even though life is, by definition, depressing, especially for me, a longtime depressed person. Yeah. No, I know. I feel you. Yeah. you know, lifelong depressed person too. It's it's a lot. Irony is like, you know, kind of like a release nozzle. You can just like let out all the frustration and steam that's built up inside of you and just like be like, oh, this is ridiculous. I'm going to take a step back and appreciate how ridiculous it is. And then I'm going to get myself together and go do something about it. Help to provide more. The Outline World Dispatch. Because, like, in in this whole article, you mentioned pretty much, like, the case of irony. So when was irony, like, its peak? Well, it was at its, like, modern cultural peak in the 90s. Uh, and I talk about this classic spy article uh, on the irony epidemic. Well, what what is spy? Uh, spy is a, is a magazine, a New York magazine made in the 80s and 90s that uh, Graydon Carter was the editor of Hmm. and it was like a pithy uh all-knowing clever look at culture and more or less responsible in a lot of ways for donald trump (laughs) okay (laughs) not in a not in a bad way but they just like to make fun of rich people however what is somewhat ironic is that this Staff was mostly white men who, you know, were not exactly impoverished. Right, right. So is this kind of irony, like, different than... Because when I think of irony, I think of, like, we're talking, like, hipster runoff era, PBR, T-shirt. Is is this kind of irony different than that? No, all that uh, bloomed from spy irony. Like, spy irony, they they call it camp light after, you know, the Susan Sontag essay... Mm -hmm. Notes on camp. Uh, so the things they said were camp light were things like wearing Ray-Ban Wayfarers, having cookouts, like playing Parcheesi, like doing things that people did sincerely in the 50s when there wasn't really much irony, at least in America, doing them with kind of like a wink. Well, so <laughs> I actually had no idea about that. Like, so pretty much all of that, like, this thing that now it seems like completely normal that people wear right. Ray Bans. Yeah, and, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> and cookouts. Yeah. I mean, like, I yeah. fucking love a cookout. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's ironic. Or it was. Oh, God. But I mean, like, I can't help but think about, like, this is so, like, obviously, this is just like a certain type of irony. Like, this is like clearly like right. a white irony. You know yes, what I mean? Like, yes, like I think of yes. a cookout and I'm like, all right, like, my folks have cookouts. Right. And so. And. It's, you know, it's more of an aesthetic irony. So it's a surface irony. It's like, this is how we look. 
this is how like we kind of posture in public and uh you know we can kind of laugh about things because we're not taking anything seriously i think it's safe to say that like the culture has moved beyond irony as it kind of seems definitely yeah so like yeah. what age are we in right now 9-11 really uh put a damper on irony you know people were definitely not in the mood for irony after that like everyone was like you know gung-ho america either Mm -hmm. they were like into going to war or they weren't and like the sides were very clear and no one really cared about what anyone was wearing unless it was like an american flag Mm. uh and that led into uh the new sincerity which is kind of like a david foster wallace kind of mood in which like the detachment gap was filled by like meaning and like feelings and people being like emo and angled bangs and (laughs) wait so you mean to tell me that like pretty much we wouldn't have like death cap for cutie if it wasn't for precisely (laughs) yeah that's super interesting like to think that like a good chunk of my adolescent development (laughs) And my white studded belts would not have occurred without the new sincerity. Yes. What I'm imagining right now is like we have this like giant soup kettle. Okay. Yes. You know, America is the water. And there's various seasonings and broths of irony and sincerity. Mm -hmm. We're all stewing it up. Mm -hmm. You know, Leah is the spoon. Sure. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And basically, I'm building this up because like, you being the spoon in this soup of irony and the new sincerity, you think we've reached this new, new age. And I think, like, yes. it, you mentioned it has something to do with, like, social media and all this stuff, so... Right, social media is one of the spices. It's perhaps, like, the most <laughs> over... It's, like, the most prominent spice. <laughs> it's like a tomato soup. Or, or a... Um, oh, what's that one? What's that one spice that, like... Cilantro? Yes, it's cilantro. Mm, okay, it's a, <laughs> cila- it's a cilantro soup. What is this theory? This theory is that uh, irony and sincerity have uh, been blended to produce what I call uh, urgent earnestness, or for short, earn. Okay, uh, how do you spell earn? U-R-N. Okay, so just like that. The container for cremated ashes. (laughs) Hold on, Leah, before I get to my next question, I've got to take a quick short break. Sure. So we'll be right back with more on what the hell earn is. Hey, so I have a special guest here in the studio, Julia Furlan, host of The News by BuzzFeed News. Hey, Julia. Hello, James. It's really nice to be here. Here is a brief clip from The News by BuzzFeed News. You ready, Julia? Yes. Are you ready to listen to this? Yeah, let's do it. I'm Julia Furlan, and I'm the host of a brand new weekly podcast. It's called The News from BuzzFeed News. Every Saturday, you'll get the latest from BuzzFeed News reporters all over the world. They'll help you make sense of what's going on so that you don't get lost in the chaos. So Jason, take me back to the scene of the murder. It makes sense that a lot of people are paying attention to this. You're right, that was a gross story. We're 24 hours out, and we still have a lot of stuff we don't know. 
Find the news from BuzzFeed News on any podcast app you prefer. But please know that the news is always here for you on Saturdays, even when the dispatch isn't. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're back. So before the break, you mentioned to me this really weird but perfect word, earn. What the hell does that mean? Well, like you and many of our peers, I spend a lot of my time as a member of the media looking at Twitter and various other social networks. And I kept noticing like this kind of frenetic, like desperate type of tweet where someone like the the a good example is the week uh in which Trump was like putting babies in cages okay so like a horrible week and like everyone not everyone but like many people were emoting very uh intensely on social media like this cannot happen america is broken like saying just like grandiose things that maybe didn't really apply like they could have applied to anything mm-hmm. any bad thing that has ever happened in the country like so, it was very like a plug and play right and it's often like you know the tweets are often scolding they're like if you don't care about this right now then you're a bad person mm-hmm. and it's like oh okay get like get a grip like mm-hmm. let's you know we all have like different ways of processing information and coping with things right. and and it's interesting because like this kind of like reminds me of something that like i've been talking to with a couple of friends i've i've been referring to it as performative wokeness yes that's another so. uh it's another term i i love um, oh sweet <laughs> yeah and like i've written about that before i forget i mean that was like more after Trump got elected and everyone was like, I'm wearing nine safety pins. And then someone else will be mm-hmm. like, I turned my body into a safety pin. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who can be the <laughs> like at the most protests, yeah. posting the most Instagrams, but not really doing fuck yeah. for anyone? Yeah. Um, I was at a music festival over the weekend and I I saw like two uh, two um like physical manifestations of urn or performative uh-huh, wokeness uh-huh. and one was like this white guy in a t-shirt that was like one of the however many million people that did not vote for Trump uh-huh. and I, I almost want to like be like good job you know all right you want a cookie uh, <laughs> and then another one um was like the same t-shirt but just for white women so it was just like you know i'm one of the like X percent white women that did not vote vote for Trump, you know, and it's just like, like what, like what does this mean in the general sense, you know? Right, and like, what does it mean that you paid money for a T-shirt that says that? Where did that money go? Mm -hmm. Is the person who made that T-shirt like profiting from making that T-shirt? Like, I just go down like a rabbit hole whenever I see like any performative like. Uh, protesting or like you know conscientious objecting because when you put it when you do it through capitalism which is a word I hate using as a catch-all but I mean that's what it is like Mm -hmm. you're selling shit 
you're making money, hmm. but you're also protesting. Like it doesn't really uh, ch- check out. Hmm. So do you feel like this is almost an extension of like kind of like the capitalist enterprise of let's say like I've been kind of paying attention to this a lot, um, at least like on Etsy, but it's just like every time that there is a new phrase that comes out, like yeah. whether it's like nasty woman or Lordy, I hope there are tapes or the, you know, various right. kind of these phrases. Or these, nation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Things like that. And then like in a couple hours, somebody will sell a t-shirt usually hand lettered. Like is, is this an extension of the urn universe? Definitely. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and I say that like uh, a dark side of urn is how people use it to uh, curry fame. And that can definitely go along with, uh, you know, how people use it to earn money or mm. bolster their brand or. I see what you did there with urn. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's like that. That is like the darkest part mm-hmm. for me because like. You know, my my whole theory, not to get too into the weeds, but like no, I let's go into the weeds. <laughs> like I I think I've come to the conclusion that for me at least, like social media is immoral because <laughs> you're <laughs> tweeting things like and even if you're tweeting like this has got to like end or like I am dedicating my life to saving children, like you're getting like likes and retweets on that and like in a sense of gamification. Right, it's the gamification of posturing, and whoever postures the hardest gets the most <laughs> likes and then becomes famous or something. And, like, mm-hmm. there's, no really, there's no really known endpoint. Like, the best example I can think of is uh, that Teen Vogue writer Lauren Duca, uh, mm-hmm. who became, like, very popular on Twitter for saying the most obvious shit in the world hmm. and then just, like, going viral... And that was parlayed into, like, a bunch of paid positions, or she parlayed that, rather. So for anybody who has no idea who Lauren Duca is, um, like, what's an example of, like, one of her tweets? Uh, Like, she'll be like, women, if you don't care about, like, this newest Supreme Court nominee who wants to ban Roe v. Wade, then, like, you should you know, be forced to get a hysterectomy. That's extreme, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's kind of the sentiment. Like, it's all very didactic in Mm. a way that is extremely off-putting but makes people feel bad. Hmm. Okay, so, like, you know, to play devil's advocate here, like, how how can someone be, like, aware, you know, or (laughs) for lack of a phrase, woke, online but then not participate and earn, or is it impossible? I think it is pretty impossible. Like, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) uh, I had, like, a long, slow dissolution uh, with Twitter, and I got off in early June, Mm -hmm. and it really, like, I can't, emphasize how little it matters to daily life and how little the information you might consume from it matters it's just it you don't need it yeah and i'm not even like this is not like your i've disconnected right right like i'm still online all the time right but it's in a different way right i'm and i'm still informed like i read the newspaper in the morning Mm. And then 
the next day, I read it again. And, like, I have a pretty good idea of what is going on for someone, you know, a a better idea than most people and a pretty good one for someone who works in media. Like, the, the urgency of Twitter is, like, just completely useless. Mm. It's all froth. I, I didn't know that, like, that was the time you went around, but then you mentioned it. And I was like, wait, that's around the time that I kind of, like, have not oh, really? gone back either. Yeah. And it's kind of the same way. It's like I now have subscriptions to newspapers. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and it's like I have, like, m- there's not this hum in the back of my brain that's like, okay, this right. thing that has come out. What would myself as, you know, for lack of a better phrase, like I, we're all somewhat on Twitter, we're all somewhat of a persona of ourselves right. that is gamifying right. like how we right. disseminate a take. It is you know? like, it's, it's really the most postmodern situation. And, uh, <laughs> like there's this essay, uh, from 2003 by Zoe Williams in the guardian where, she kind of dissects all of this, these different types of irony and she very effecti- effectively argues that what people want to go away is not irony but postmodernism. Okay, well, can you can you dig into that a little bit more? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I feel like you're sure. like scratching like the itch of like my art school education right now. <laughs> yeah, so like Obviously, like, we are in the postmodern era, like, everything about what we do and create has some element of postmodernity to it, and, like, there's nothing more postmodern than social media, because it doesn't really exist, and it can't really be quantified in a meaningful way. Right. Uh, Unless, like, people, like, parlay it into some other form of fame, like a lot of comedians, I'm guessing. Right. Or writers. But. Yeah. But in itself. But there's not, it's not even, like, how often does that happen? Like, I think it's good that. It's like lottery chances. Right, right. And, like, I've written about how I think, like, the democratization of the internet is really good because, you know, you can be, like, New York Times, why'd you hire this racist white man? And then they'll fire him. But it's really, the stakes are pretty low. Like, that is a <laughs> cool thing to happen, but it's not, like, totally earth-shattering. So, where was I? Oh, postmodernism. <laughs> you know, so, light, light work. <laughs> yeah, so, like, people uh, conflate postmodernism with irony and... You know, irony is a way to analyze a situation by getting away from the situation and trying to uh, deconstruct it. So the idea of romantic irony is very different from spy irony, which is like being like, I'm too cool to care. Romantic irony was like, I care so much, I'm going to try and analyze this issue from several different viewpoints with the hope that I eventually arrive at the truth. Oh, I see what you're saying. So it's like kind of like a like a very intentional irony for the greater good, essentially. Precisely. Where it's like, oh man, I really, really like this thing. And it's right. like in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, there's got to be something wrong right. with it. 
Or or today, you know, maybe if I'm like thinking about an issue and I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to in one corner of my brain uh, talk about this issue like I'm Alex Jones. And uh, on the other side of my brain, I'm going to talk about it like I'm, I don't know, who's a liberal? <laughs> who's a liberal person who's uh, cool? Ta-Nehisi Coates. Like I'm Ta-Nehisi Coates. Like, and then, you know, and then I'll add a centrist in there. I'm going to think mm-hmm. like Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. And by assuming these postures and like creating a sort of a <laughs> fake dialogue in your head yeah. you can suss out which one holds the most mm-hmm. validity are there any like good recent examples of this no no because literally no one is doing this everyone is just like i'm so mad at trump he's a big orange ham i know and, like, they think they're making fun of him, but really, like, Trump is inherently the funniest person who, definitely the funniest president ever. Like, he's such an insane joke. Like, he can't even be parodied because he's just so funny on his own. So, I wanted to pull out this uh, this quote here. Sure. Uh, so, you mentioned, and quote, it's important to recognize that a non-aesthetic, non-idiotic, punching-up irony is not only an effective way to declaw the powerful, but even a healthy method of processing bullshit, at least healthier than tweeting, quote, everything sucks, I want to die, end quote. Yes. So my question here is, like, how do you achieve a non-aesthetic, non-idiotic, punching-up irony? I think the first step is logging off (laughs) like Mm. just never like go (laughs) online as little as possible okay i'm sorry if your career is based on the internet i mean mine is too but i'm telling you you don't need to go online okay so like you're a perfect example of this like you you need the internet i need the internet i need it i love it so like it's great in a lot of ways it's amazing so how do you do that realistically well i mean I took all social media off my phone, uh, and I would go to my phone, and I'd be like, I have nothing to do here. Like, there's nothing on this that I c- can entertain me or, like, keep me busy. I can't check my nof- notifications. I can't be disappointed if I don't have any and feel good if I do have some and get in a fight to so- with someone who, like, tweeted something bitchy at me. So what I did was I got uh, the Kindle app. Uh, so now I can read books on my phone. And I'm I'm going to sound like a huge, like, nerd here. But in the six, first six weeks I didn't have social media on my phone, I read 20 books. Damn. So, like, just do anything else. <laughs> so, so how does this improve like, your, your irony, though? Uh, because I'm not constantly feeling like... I want to die because of current events that may not actually be real. I mean, like, life is real. It always has been. I don't, like, I'm not I'm not here to minimize, like, pain, the pain that is very, like, real under Donald Trump, the, like, most ridiculous worst president ever. But it's kind of like, okay, that's, like, at this point, that's a given. Like, for, for liberals, like, we're just speaking back and forth, but we're all in agreement. Is there any positive side of Earn, do you think? No. 
Because it's like if you're earning so hard, like you should probably just be in therapy. Okay, go go more into that. Well, it's like if you feel like you want to die and like you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, a single citizen with a Twitter account that has 500 followers, like mm. that's fucked up. Like it's not. It's okay. Mm. And it's okay to feel okay. Like you don't have to feel all bad all the time because bad things are happening. Like You know, that is like the biggest thing that I've realized like since like I haven't been on social media mm-hmm. and I guess like for lack of a better phrase, like not earning mm-hmm. um, is that I've been feeling somewhat anxious that like I have not been feeling bad. Right. Which is totally crazy. <laughs> which is weird. It's you totally know I mean? crazy. Is earning essentially fueled by anger and validation like there would be no earn without anger and validation. Right. And it's also fueled by desperation because it's very hard to cope with what is going on now. We don't really have like people maybe who are a little younger than me who grew up with Obama and like, you know, were three when nine eleven happened. Like they've never had a bad president. Like they don't remember George W. Bush. Do you think it's even realistic that like true irony will ever return? Probably not. why because i think it like demands that people do things that they don't want to do like it's very hard to to disengage from the internet and like it took me definitely like five tries to even get off twitter like it is i think it's it's an addiction and like Mm -hmm. it's free it's always there we have internet everywhere like when it's all around you, it's very hard to disengage. So do you think, like, the internet essentially killed irony, social media particularly? That's a good question. I mean, even though I am, like, a very cynical person, I also think I am a a hopeful person, and I do keep living, so obviously there's something going on that's worth staying around for like yeah. the chance of I'm glad a, you're here of a, of a better future <laughs> like you know yeah. uh and like we live in interesting times and like anything could happen features director leah finnegan thanks leah thank you the outline world dispatch is produced and hosted by me james t green Today's music is courtesy of APM, and our theme is by the fantastic John Lagomarsino. I'm James T. Green, and I leave you with this. An old man turned 98. He won the lottery and died the next day. It's a black fly in your Chardonnay. Come on, Leah. Join in with me. Uh, I've never heard this song. It's a death row pardon. (laughs) Two minutes too late. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? You know that song. I'm just kidding. That was irony, you know? See you Monday.